0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class for Sunday mornings for those who cannot be with us at the building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, and also for those who are listening in other places around the country and literally around the world. We're thankful to be able to broadcast God's Word, to teach the Bible on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that you're listening and that other people listen. We're thankful that people want to learn more and more from God's word and we appreciate and we're thankful for the, that, that God has blessed us with the means and the opportunity and the ability to put out these pod- podcasts and thereby to teach people God's word on a far, on a far wider scale than normally we would be able to do if people were just at the building. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us, study with us, grow spiritually with us, worship with us as we study God's word. And as we try to glorify him by worshiping him and teaching his word accurately and effectively and powerfully, but accurately is key. We want to stay true to the word. Jesus said in John chapter eight and verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The more we get into God's word, then that helps our faith to stay strong and grow stronger because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now, we always encourage you share these studies with everybody you can regularly and consistently. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But share with your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, with everybody you can. By sharing these studies with other people, you may help them, and you know some who need to turn their lives around. They need to start thinking about their soul's salvation and their relationship with God. And by sharing these studies, you may help them be able to do that effectively, and you may help somebody actually get to heaven. What a great blessing, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing. Also, encourage everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And scroll down the homepage to our podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. Again, it is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. When somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, their smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever they choose, automatically they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and what I really believe is a wonderful, short, about a 13-minute daily Bible study every day called Today's Bible Class. And they'll receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. While well, at our website, churchofchrist.com, they can download and listen to and follow along and study through hundreds of sermons, and also they can read through and study through hundreds of scripturally based and spiritually focused articles. And again, all of it is free. All of it is free and always will be free. Now, take advantage of this and encourage everybody you know to do so as well. We want to help people get to heaven. And we hope that that is your desire as well. Now we're going to get back into our study. We have gone through Genesis, Exodus, and we're finishing up Leviticus. We're just going to read one verse of scripture here at the end of chapter 26, make some comments on that, and then we'll move into Numbers. But again, we're going to do a whole lot of leaving a lot of the various texts within the book of Numbers up to you. As we began doing in the book of Exodus after a period of time, we moved into a section where there was a lot of the various laws and feasts and details that God was giving the Israelites or giving to the Israelites through Moses as to how to build the tabernacle, what materials would go into it, the appointment of the priests, and so on. And that gets from a Bible class perspective. It can get kind of tedious and technical, and, you know, it's it's something that is valuable, but it's more so for you to take advantage of on a personal basis. So I left a lot of that up to you. Same kind of thing in the book of Leviticus, and then it's going to be the same kind of thing in the book of Numbers. Deuteronomy is, is different, and that is really kind of a restatement of the history of the israelite people getting them ready to cross the jordan river into the promised land but now at verse 46 of leviticus chapter 26 these words and these words are very important as as i said god has given the israelites all kinds of very specific and detailed instructions as to what he wants them to do in following him and worshiping him and being his people, his godly people, very detailed. In verse 46 of of Leviticus chapter 26, we read these words. These are the statutes and judgments and laws. Now, basically, those three terms all mean the same thing. These are the teachings of God they are the god's law for the israelite people which the lord made between himself and the children of israel on mount sinai by the hand of moses now that last statement by the hand of moses is crucial it might be easy to just kind of read over that gloss over it and not really pick up the fact that what we read in these first five books of the Old Testament, called the Pentateuch Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, God wrote God, I'm sorry, Moses wrote God's Word through these books by God's instruction and guidance. Again, notice. These are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between himself and the children of Israel on Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. God gave Israel his law at Mount Sinai. He had instructed Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. Remember, they were enslaved in Egypt and lead them into the wilderness to Mount Sinai. And when Moses did that, and the people gathered around the mountain, before the mountain, God then began giving Moses his law, and Moses wrote it down by the hand of Moses. Now, you see, a whole lot of people, they would say, well, the Old Testament scriptures, they're not really God's word. We can't be confident of that because Uh, We don't know who wrote it. They would say Moses certainly didn't write those first five books by the hand of Moses right there in scripture. This is God's word. He guided Moses to write his word. This was God's law to the Israelites as he was shaping them and molding them into his people. And he was about to lead them to the promised land where they would become a nation with geographic boundaries, but they would still be God's people within that nation. Now, that was God's plan for them. Down the road, the Israelite people messed up big time, but that was God's plan for them. And he, had, he gave Moses his law for the Israelites, and Moses wrote it down by his own hand. So when we're reading The scriptures, and we could look at a number of other passages of scripture that that give us the same instruction, the same truth. When we're reading the Bible, when we're reading the scriptures, we're reading God's very word. Just as Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God's very word. All right. Now, let's move into the book of Numbers. And again, we're going to be doing a lot of skipping, leaving a lot of the detailed kind of technical information up to you for your own reading and studying. And we're going to try to pick out some highlights along the way. We're going to begin with chapter 11. God leads, but through Moses, he leads the people out of Egyptian bondage remember that the egyptian army is pursuing them pharaoh had a change of heart so he's going after the people of israel and they come to the red sea and god splits the waters and he allows the israelites to 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 cross the red sea on dry ground and then when the when they're all across and the egyptian army starts into that between those two walls of water that god had separated and they start pursuing the israelites across that that uh, seabed then god closes the waters upon the egyptian army destroys them well they saw all of that they go into the wilderness they start moving towards sinai they're running out of water god provides water for them miraculously they get to mount sinai moses goes up unto the mountain he receives the law from god he brings it down presents it to the people now in verse in chapter 11 of numbers we read this now remember also that god provided food for them in the form of manna that would appear on the ground every morning and it would give them enough to take in to feed them And their family for that entire day now they were told don't take any extra just God's providing enough for you for each day for you and all your family if they tried and some did tried to take in extra it spoiled it spoiled overnight God was providing for them day by day when you stop and think about it from a human perspective let alone a spiritual perspective. The people should have been incredibly impressed that God was watching over them all the time and he was providing for them and giving them his direction. But they were human beings. And as human beings, we have weaknesses, we have frailties. Doubts come into our mind at the instigation of the devil, I think, most of the time and so we you know we we make mistakes well god kept providing for them he kept correcting them there were times when he would bring judgment upon them like the time they lost faith in moses coming down from mount sinai having been there to receive the law from god And so they did not see Moses for a period of time, and they became anxious, and they persuaded Aaron, Moses' brother, to build a golden calf for them, and they called that their gods. Well, God brought judgment upon them for that. In chapter 11 of Numbers, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Huh. They were complaining? You might ask, why would they complain? God kept delivering them. God kept providing for them, kept watching over them. But again, we're a fickle people, aren't we? Verse two, then the people cried out to Moses. And when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So God brought judgment upon some of them, at least again. So he called the name of the place Taborah because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? Well, now God had already provided manna for them, kind of a grain, sort of, you know, that kind of substance that they could could eat each day, prepare and eat each day. But now they're, they're complaining they want meat to eat. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions and the garlic. Uh, did they remember the bricks that they had to make in servitude to Pharaoh and the government of Egypt? Did they remember the slavery? Did they remember the killing of their newborn male babies because pharaoh was afraid that they would grow in population too numerous and ultimately rebel against egypt and take it over or at least help their enemies the enemies of egypt conquer the land do they remember all of that that oppression at the hands of the egyptians but they say oh we remember the fish which we ate freely in egypt the cucumbers the melons the leeks the onions the garlic but now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Well, they were tired of eating the manna. <laughs> God provided it for them miraculously. But you see again how short-sighted we can be as human beings when we take our focus off of God and his blessings and upon us and his care for us. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones, beat it into, in, in the mortar, cooked it in the pans, and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. It was sustaining food, in other words. It was nourishing for them. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. So God provided it every every night for them. It was there in the morning when they'd wake up. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses was also displeased. Now you see negativity on the part of one person. If they exhibit that negativity openly, it's easy for it to spread to somebody else and then somebody else, and then somebody else, and then you see it has a a spreading effect. It becomes cumulative, and more and more people become affected by it. They start taking it up. They start feeling negative themselves. Have you ever heard of people who said, I like to complain when I'm miserable because I like for other people to share in my misery? (laughs) Well, so... God becomes displeased greatly. He is greatly aroused. Moses was also displeased. Verse 11 So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you laid the burden of all these people on me? Well, Moses, he expresses to God, You sent me to lead these people to the Promised Land, out of Egypt, to Mount Sinai, to worship you, and then on to the Promised Land. And, and let me tell you, these people, they keep complaining. You want me to be their leader, but they keep complaining to me. Why have you, why have you put me in this position? Well, Moses was somewhat <laughs> fickle himself, wasn't he? He believed in God, but remember when God first called him and Moses kept making all those excuses why he should not go, but ultimately it came down to the point where he just was afraid He was just apprehensive. He asked God, please send somebody else. But he ultimately repented of that. But he's feeling the pressure of the people complaining to him. They're not satisfied with the manna any longer. Now they want meat. Verse 12, Moses goes on, did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers? Now, Moses was perhaps being rather challenging to God here because, of course, God brought forth these people. He established the bloodline of the Israelites going all the way back to Abraham. And, of course, God's plan was for the Savior to come into the world through the bloodline of, of, of Israel. And Moses said, I, basically, you brought them forth you want me to carry them in in, 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 in in my bosom? You're God. You want me to be their guardian? You're their God. You're their guardian. You swore that, that, that land to their fathers. You want me to lead them to it. Well, again, Moses was, was sounding rather challenging here to God. In verse 13, he goes on and says, where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep all over me, saying, give us meat that we may eat. Interesting. Again, they needed water, God provided it. They needed food, God provided the manna. Now they want something more specific than just food in general, just the manna. They want meat. And so they're complaining to Moses, sounds like on an ongoing basis if you treat me like this, Moses goes on, please kill me here and now. If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. So Moses is saying, if this is the way it is, if, if this is how you're treating me, again, he sounds rather challenging to God, doesn't he? Please just take my life right now. Let it come to an end. Do not let me see my wretchedness. He wants deliverance, deliverance basically from his responsibility to the people, a responsibility that God laid upon him and that Moses initially agreed to take upon himself. Verse 16, so the Lord said to Moses, gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with you then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you and I will put the same upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. And so God was saying, I will delegate responsibility. You bring these 70 elders and I will delegate responsibility. Then you shall say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow you shall eat meat for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord saying, who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat. Now what, he, what he's saying there, you said it was well with us in Egypt. Uh, it was not well with them. They cried unto the Lord. If you go back to the opening chapter of the book of Exodus, they cried for deliverance. They cried for God's blessings. But now God is saying, okay, They keep coming to you, all this people. We're talking, again, about a a million to three million people, probably. God says, "I, I will delegate some responsibility away from you and on to 70 elders who you bring before me. And so Moses tells the people now, you gather together, consecrate for yourselves tomorrow. You shall eat meat. You have wept in the hearing of the Lord. God's hearing you. Moses is not, Moses is not excusing their complaining, but he's telling them, you have complained, you complained, you called upon the Lord to deliver you from Egypt, and now you're talking about how well you had it back there. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat. Interesting. In verse 19, you shall eat. Not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor 10 days, nor 20 days, but for a whole month. Now, this is interesting. Moses is telling the people, you're complaining that you don't have meat to eat. God's going to give you meat. And you're going to get tired of it. You're going to have so much. You're going to eat Not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor 10 days, nor 20 days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever come up out of Egypt? Again, what a fickle, short-sighted, short-memoried people but they certainly were not, were not unique to humanity. We tend to be similar today, don't we? God blesses us in so many ways, then something confronts us, or maybe it's just an idea in our mind, and we start feeling like God, we need God to deliver us from that. We, we start complaining. We start feeling down in the mouth. We get all negative, and so on. And Moses said, verse 21, the people who whom... I am among our 600,000 men on foot. Again, you start, if that's 600,000 men on foot, then what about all the women also and all the children? And there you get the numbers going up into the millions. You have said, I will give them meat and they may eat for a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to provide enough for them? Now, Moses has, has expressed to the people. He's communicated God's word to the people. God's going to give you meat. You're going to eat not for a day or two or even 10 or 20 days. You're going to eat for a whole month. You're going to have so much meat. You're going to eat so much. It's, it's, it's going to feel like it's coming out of your nose. It's going to become loathsome to you. But now Moses is asking God, where are you going to get all this meat from? Or am I supposed to provide it? Or are you just going to, where's it going to come from? You want me to kill all the flocks and the herds to feed them, this meat? Verse 23, and the Lord said to Moses, has the Lord, Lord's arm been shortened? You're, you're asking me? I created everything. I created you. I created the flocks and the herds. I created the fishes in the sea. You think I can't do what I'm telling you I'm going to do? Now you shall see whether what I say will happen to you or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, although they never did do it, uh, although they never did so again. Okay. Okay. But two men had remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad and the name of the other Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. Now they were among those listed, but who had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, answered and said, moses my lord forbid them then moses said to him are you zealous for my sake in other words are you trying to somehow protect me in my position you're trying to honor me oh that all the lord's people were prophets and that the lord would put his spirit upon them in other words if god's blessing them with this gift of prophecy on this day let it alone. Keep your mouth closed. Don't, don't try to honor me. This is God's doing. And Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel. Now what? Let me give you a little bit of a preview. We'll pick this up next time. Now a wind went out from the Lord and it brought quail from the sea and left them fluttering near the camp about a day's journey on this side and about a day's journey on the other side all around the camp and about two cubits above the surface of the ground. And the people stayed up all that day, all night, all the next day and gathered the quail. He who gathered least gathered ten homers and he and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. Interesting. God did exactly what he said he would do. He sent quail all around the camp, and the people were able to gather it for meat. We'll pick up next time. But this is not just a completely positive situation for the people. They they needed to learn to stop questioning and stop doubting God. And we need to learn those same lessons today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us so much. We thank you for blessing us so much, so abundantly. Please forgive us when we don't always recognize your blessings as being blessings from you. Help us to open our eyes and see and recognize and guide us Help us to thank you properly, Father, for your blessings on an ongoing basis and guide us to use them in ways that are pleasing to you, to our good, but pleasing to you. Please give us your wisdom in this, we pray, and help people to see that every good thing they have, every truly good thing they have in their life is a blessing from you. And help help them to be guided by that realization to come to you in faithful obedience. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.